Hi everyone, thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. So today we're talking about something which everybody's sort of been thinking about since the pandemic started, or at least some of us are, uh, especially with girl boss and hustle culture being pretty left, right and center. We're talking about whether having a career is even sexy anymore. What if you don't want a career? And is there really anything wrong with not wanting a career? So to start off with, let's ask everyone, um, do you like having a career and do you think it's cool to want to have a career? This is Shishti, your host, by the way. Hi, I'm Shruti and my straight up not popular answer is I don't really care about careers or I don't think it's really cool to have a career or not have a career. Uh, but I also understand the place from which that comes and um, why I can say that. But so I guess I respectfully disagree that it's not such a big deal to have a career. Hi, this is Rohita. And before I go into my stance, I'm just going to have a quote that I'm going to read to you guys. And you can tell me whether you agree, whether you agree with it or not. Uh and then learn who it's from. So the quote goes like this, where nobody has one exclusive sphere of activity, but each can be, each can become accomplished in any branch he wishes, makes it possible for me to hunt in the morning, fish in the afternoon, rear cattle in the evening, criticize after dinner, just as I have a mind without ever becoming hunter, fisherman, herdsman, or critic. And, you know, you can replace any of that with anything, basically. But what do you guys think of that? I have, I have like, a strongly, like, what is this human being saying sort of a reaction. But, like, I, it's hard for me to decipher what he, what he is even talking about. Yeah, so I totally agree with that quote. But to me, it doesn't impact my uh, opinion on whether careers are important or not. So in the sense that I agree with that as a personal identity, as a statement about personal identity. But I actually think careers are hugely important, um, like from a personal fulfillment perspective and from a sort of, uh, you know, overall contribution to the betterment of society. But I also think I might have a more expansive definition of the word uh, career. So to me, career is what you spend your time engaged with and what you spend your time doing intellectually and how you contribute to the world around you that is your career so the reason i asked is that that quote was by karl marx and he was describing a communist society so that's where i'm coming from i think careerism is a very capitalist construct it's very toxic and can really um sequester you into a very narrow space where it's difficult to emerge out of it so yeah that very elaborate experiment was that <laughs> i thought the quote was from like Ra- ralph waldo emerson or something it sounded like an emerson thing to say only he can say stuff like that sometimes but uh but I, <laughs> that's a good contrast i i don't know i feel like from a general social engagement perspective carla the definition of career is not i think as broad or in fact, as specific as what you're talking about, I don't think your definition is broad. I think your definition speaks about something really specific, which is to inculcate 
everything that say you care about intellectually in some way and you know engaging with the world that way but for a lot of young people like especially if you look through reddit and go through all the meme formats and listen to all the girl boss culture stories people have been sort of conditioned to think about career as uh something that that's a mix of something that you like doing but a majority of which is something that you need to earn a living out of so it's like you got to earn a living out of something you love so you got to learn to love something that you are working in and then look at an upward trajectory in that in that very space that you have chosen sometimes it sounds to me like people are stuck in an arranged marriage that's what the word career sounds like to me sometimes so it's yeah see to me this is a super antiquated way of thinking about a career and this is what i think like in our parents generation people you know this whole idea that you would like join one company and then you would spend your life like climbing up the various managerial rungs of this company and you would spend your entire working life there and then you would retire and you know get a watch or whatever it is right like that's the that's the trope that's the stereotype of like what a career is the thing is is like careers aren't built like that anymore they don't look like that anymore and a career could be a series of like completely varying pursuits that never fit within like a you know again we're at the tier point that might never fit within like a corporate capitalist framework that might not be one consistent approach to work or one consistent type of work but an independent individual career is a it's a lifelong body of work and it's a lifelong body of like contribution to society and like the world around you whether that is in a corporate structure or not i don't think it's relevant to the notion of a career we have we have so many examples of people having really interesting careers in activism for example right like that is, that is a career it's an it's a long term occupation where you are engaged regularly with work so to me that is a career um i do think though that it's interesting uh, how marks out of context can put things in some perspective because I do think though that we live in a capitalist society. I mean like when you say that to me out of context it sounds like a privilege rant by somebody who's never had to work for money so they're talking about how you get categorized into different categories and you can afford to live this way, you know. Um I mean and that brings me to the question of like a big big where does the difference lie between like doing a job and having a career? Like what is the difference between the two? I think a career the difference is that it requires a specialization and that's like a barrier for entry for so many people and that's essentially the problem like a job is a little more ad hoc whereas a career if you want to build a career in something you have to start with a degree in education in a particular field and it takes so much time and money and the opportunity cost is huge and then you just it's like it's an investment that you make for the rest of your life and for the how the rest of your life pans out and if we're seeing like if and it is like when we're seeing like um the cutoffs for du and you know how they're 100% it's just more and more difficult to enter these specialized uh fields so a career is more and more out of reach these days i feel and that is a symbol of something going wrong there's there's also been this trend in the pandemic particularly about rage quitting where people like i don't know how much of the um percentage of rage quitting is because of the frustration with the pandemic or work culture 
before the pandemic. So people have just been quitting their jobs, left right and center, because like the work culture isn't working. And um, when we talk about career, I have a question to throw for everyone in this context is say someone chooses to do something they really love and are passionate about, but that's not their primary source of income. But then they take up some job, say like, you know, working at a company doing some random work. And then that's like their steady paycheck sort of a thing, but that's not what they want to invest their mental health and life and everything in. Which one of these two would you call a career or does any of these two, any of these qualify as one? Yeah, the, the poetry you're writing on the side is the career. So to me, like to answer your question, Trishti, the, the distinction for me is like any work that you're, the notion of a career is inherently like an extremely like privileged idea, right? Because it means that you can have the time and the space to think about like, how is this job that I do for a daily or weekly or monthly paycheck? How is it contributing to my overall growth and development as a human being, right? And that is in and of itself like a highly privileged privileged position to be in. But I would say to me, Shruti, that a job that one does literally for the only purpose of paying the bills that one does not get any sort of fulfillment or, or intellectual engagement out of whatsoever, that to me is not, d- does not qualify as part of a career. That's something that pays the bills. That's super interesting because you might be changing my mind about this because no one has spoken to me about career in a way where they actually uh, use it as a tool or like an encompassing idea that involves your well-being rather than something that you have to think about despite your well-being, you know? I would go a step further and say I don't think that you can have a successful career if you are not, if you do not have a holistic perspective on your being, on yourself, right? If all you're thinking about every day is like, how do I get to the next rung on this corporate ladder? That's not a career. Uh-huh. But there are a lot of people like that, right? There's also Anuja Chauhan. There's also Juhi Chaturvedi. There's also a lot of people who um, are passionate about, like you said, Shruti, maybe something completely different and spend lesser time doing that. But they actually take the time to, like, that's how they make their money. And then on the side, they're pursuing the dream of what their career actually they wanted to be. So I think we have a lot of examples of that. I'm just wondering in terms of a career. So I think I think everybody's on this page of, like, or... Ruhita and Shruti, you're definitely on this page of like, you know, like the idea of a career itself is flawed. But what do you think it can mean for somebody who is marginalized, right? Like, so let's take the example of women themselves in India. Like the labor force participation rate here is, I think, one of the worst in the world. That is the paid labor force participation rate. Um, And, um, you know, working for wages outside the home is really looked down on, especially as you get more education, right? So it's interesting, Rohita, that what you'd mentioned is actually a contrast in the case of women, because even though their education rates have increased, they drop out of the workforce um, earlier now with an increase in education. So what do you think about the value of a career for uh, in a scenario like that? Yeah, so I think uh, it's less about, again, we, we're not like, questioning fundamentally what a career means for different people as in why we need to fit into this model of a career rather than questioning the system itself that 
slots people into career versus job versus unpaid labor and there's no other option outside of that where and i think that's fundamentally the problem with this it is there are these very closed off uh, routes that are available to different people depending on where you're coming from and that's what makes it problematic to me i'm saying that in fact to play devil's advocate here um my mom had been in the same company for over 40 years that was a service and uh, and i realized that for a lot of women like her in her generation uh, having something as consistent as that helped them buy their freedom in areas that they could not have possibly negotiated any freedom like being able to hold that steady job because of the social identity and recognition it brought in their neighborhoods and within their own families, women could continue to have a life outside their home um, without having to negotiate the space that they can occupy in the world, which is already under, which is already contested in so many ways. So, uh, and also it didn't hurt that she had health insurance and women like her could uh, sort of take care of the family and also bring in that identity factor which is so deeply tied into how they are viewed as people. So just throw in a devil's advocate thing in there. Um, so what I think in response to that is the fact that um, there are solutions that have been put forward by a lot of people, things like universal basic income where everybody gets the financial agency that they need to survive so that it frees up a lot of time and pressure and anxiety where you can um, basically pursue, I mean, of course, all of this is conditional upon gender, caste and class in India, but uh, in theory, it frees up a lot of anxiety to pursue um, the things that you actually want to do without having to build something per se and having to worry about um, achieving uh, independence in a situation where it would ordinarily be compromised. So the, what I'm trying to say here is that, again, within this existing system, that's completely like, I respect that. Um, but I'm saying things can be different and people have uh, shown us how it can be different. But uh, unless we move towards that direction, I think uh, we'll still be debating the pros and cons of... Uh, we'll still be placing these things in a binary in terms of like, is a steady job better than uh, not sorry, a more flexible job? Whereas like, we're not, we're not looking at the pressures that underlie the necessity to have a job. Right, but I, I don't know, Rohita, like, I feel like within the confines of how our society is right now, right, like, the idea of, say, going against and saying that not having a career school can actually be more dangerous, because I think the way that it plays out, like we already said at the beginning, this is a conversation within the very, like, privileged sliver of society, right, um, and um, so I feel like within the sliver where this conversation of a career happens, it can be dangerous to disregard the value of a career that is training for and working a job for a long time because then what you have, I think, is what a lot of 
startup silicon valley culture is about um and which is kind of prevalent throughout the world right which is that you want to create something that's amazing and you don't need training for that right so you see that whole, whole thing in the idea of like i can drop out like bill gates or mark zuckerberg and i can start my own empire and in the case of um elizabeth holmes for those of you who don't know who was the founder of this uh, blood diagnostics company called theranos which was basically based on a lie a fraud um and at one point she was the youngest female billionaire quote unquote um in cases like that it actually ends up what we end up valuing is like not having a career but having like these brilliant moments of like bringing about social change or like creating a product that's truly empowering and powerful and what not and i feel like that kind of rhetoric can actually be more dangerous to respond to your point shashi i completely agree with what you're saying and there is where i'm coming from essentially is let people do what they want essentially uh the ability to pursue something that you want to pursue for however long you want to pursue it whether you want to do a bunch of different things or one thing throughout the rest of your life it's just that there shouldn't be any coercion aspect to it where you feel bound to pursue a career because you need that stability or you feel you know you, you know what i'm saying it's like where i'm coming from is people should have essentially the freedom to pursue their passion or whatever they want and that's the underlying critique that i have of career culture or whatever so one thing rohit i think both of those things you described are careers to me like as in both of those to me fit within the definition of what a career is but who is it that doesn't have pressure to have a stable source of income for the future i i i think that like to me one of the things that i find a little bit some, sometimes off putting about the anti career rhetoric is that who gets to sort of fling off this mantle of like sort of economic financial stability long term economic stability is generally like the most 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 privileged relatively young people who don't have mouths to feed don't have to put a roof over anybody's head and can say oh you know forget it i don't care about careers like as in who really gets to reject this notion right and say like i don't want to work at at something for the rest of my life that has stability long term stability so carla do you point about who gets to um reject careers i want to flip that and ask who gets to have careers in the first place because we are when we're talking about careers we are anyway talking about a very privileged section of society um because a lot of for a vast majority especially in india people have jobs or informal labor gigs and all of that um and when we are talking about careers it's already like the i don't know 10 20% maybe if even that uh and there's a reason why there is there are tags associated with career like high powered and so on where we're already talking about a even more privileged section of people who can afford to have high powered careers so when you ask who gets to reject the notion of careerism it's again it it is still the very the same privileged group of people so it's i don't think uh, privilege i mean of course it factors but not to that extent i think because we're starting from this point already right um 
Okay, but like, let's talk about the gig economy, right? Since the question that we're asking is that, is the rejection of a career possible or what does rejecting a career look like? So do you think that the rise of the gig economy in the recent years and a lot of people, especially post-pandemic, also mentioning how, how a lot of uh, workers are going to switch to that, do you think that that provides flexibility to the idea of a career or do you think there are some kind of essential inherent gaps there which ends up recreating some sort of hierarchies? So I don't know. I think that the gigging has revealed itself to be less glamorous than people thought it was when the trend first sort of started being a thing, right? And people envisioned being a gig worker, let's say being a freelance graphic designer rather than working for a company, right? Um, as this sort of liberation, right? Because you would have autonomy over your schedule. You would decide which projects you wanted to work on, which projects you didn't want to work on. And all you have to do now is sort of know a few people who depend for their livelihood on these sort of, you know, securing these gigs one after another after another to know that it's actually extremely stressful and extremely difficult. And so, yes, on the one hand, one might get a certain level of autonomy and the ability to take breaks in between projects, choose which projects you want to work on. And there are a lot of benefits to that. But the downside is I think there are many, many freelancers who talk about the lifestyle being like absolutely crushingly stressful because one is constantly worried about where the next paycheck is coming from. There's also the factor that companies get to exploit people in the gig economy more than say they would with a full-time employee if there's a freelance like if you ask a bunch of freelance writers everyone's gonna tell you just how um, easy it is for people to not get paid on time or uh, do away with minimal payment and they get they don't get the treatment that say full-time employees would on multiple levels so there's also the accountability that uh, companies get to sort of get away with or get away with uh, in a gay economy so I guess when people started freelancing say five years ago and there was this whole boom of we want to have like this independence and uh, you know we'll be responsible for our own time um, I guess now at least post pandemic the general mood has been is that it's incredibly difficult to be responsible for your own time especially with companies transitioning transitioning to a work from home format people have been responsible for their own time and they're finding that to be incredibly difficult in a lot of ways but the flip side to that is uh, it has given people with uh, with disabilities and all forms of disabilities a certain freedom with which they get to operate their energies and as as workers that they could possibly not have received had they had to resort to working full-time in the office culture and office spaces so maybe that's something that company that people could borrow from gig economy that helps people define careers and mental health and well-being um in a way i think this is super important which is you know my mom who's an economist she always tells us that one of the most important economic principles to keep in mind is that this notion there's no such thing as a free lunch right and it is we see it play out in the gig economy so this notion that like okay you are um you're a freelancer and so 
it's easier for companies to exploit you. I would actually look at that from a slightly different angle and say, you know, when somebody comes on board as a full-time employee uh, in a company, there is a mutual investment that the person makes in the organization and the organization makes in the person, right? And so the person gets all sorts of benefits from committing a certain amount of their time and attention and energy to that organization. If somebody comes to the table and says, hey, organization, I don't really want anything to do with you. I just want to drop you a piece of work when I'm ready to drop it. And after that, I really don't, I, I don't want to have anything to do with participating in your culture or building something organizationally or, you know, being strategically involved at all. I just want to deliver this one piece of work product. From the perspective of the organization, why is the organization going to invest more in that person? No, they're going to take the work, pay for the work, end of story. It's a, it's a far more transactional relationship that from the outset, that's just how it's structured. So we can't, we can't also fault organizations for transacting in this way if this is what freelancers are approaching organizations with. I mean, it's, it's kind of a two-way street, right? So you can't expect all the autonomy and freedom and whatever to go work on your laptop from Stockholm and maybe not work six months of the year, but also expect all the benefits of being a full-time employee. That's just a reality. And of course, there's a generational difference. And I think one, one reason that there may be a generational difference is that I think a lot of the people who reject long-term stable careers are people who are not currently feeling a huge amount of pressure to have that stability. Yeah, that's true. I do feel though that like, I, I don't know uh, what the others think, but like, I feel like in India, the conversation becomes different because even in the kind of movies that you watch or TV shows that you watch, um, when someone's questioning what's wrong with having a career, usually they're questioning what's wrong with having a traditional career, right? So to take the example of a film like mainstream, big hit, right? Ye Jawani Hai Diwani, which I think inspire a lot of people to like pick up a camera and be filmmakers or whatever. There's this huge conversation there between like Deepika Padukone's character who's a doctor and following a very like traditional career path and then Ranbir Kapoor's character who wants to be a documentary filmmaker, right? And, and um, talking about how he wants to fly and he wants to do this and he wants to do that and he doesn't want to be stayed. And in that film's universe, that's the rejection of a career, right? Like or in actually in every sort of film that we see that play out a piece of popular culture, the rejection of a career is actually just taking up a less conventional career path. So I don't know if we're still having, even within that sliver, the, the kind of conversations about actually rejecting the idea of a career altogether. I feel like on the other hand, even creative um, roles are becoming more templatized career-wise than they were before, right? With the rise of OTT and like film festivals becoming more mainstream. I don't think of career a career as inherently involving competition. I think that that's like, to me, a very antiquated way of thinking about a career, this notion of a rat race, right? That we're all in it to fight against each other and see who gets ahead faster. I think to me, the reason a career is important is that it's about, it's, it's one of the most easy sort of paths to personal fulfillment. If you're constantly thinking about, okay, how do I push myself to do better, to be better, to contribute more to the world around me? Like, where can I provide something of value? Um, and where can I, you know, engage with things that are challenging for me, but that, that I appreciate engaging with? That is how a career gets built. And if people do that, rather than worrying about what the person next to them is doing, then I think, building a career can be like a really fulfilling, wonderful exercise. 
My only thought to that is that this doesn't happen in a vacuum. It happens in environments where more than your own personal motivation is at stake. Like you could be as self-motivated as possible, but if your environment is is not is not fueling that motivation or supporting it in some way, then then I'm not sure how pursuing a career could be beneficial to someone. Um, because there's more than just your individual efforts and skill set at stake. Oh, you're totally right. This is like a completely idealistic, like in an ideal world where one has the capacity to do this in many ways. Completely true. And on that note, I think this is one of those episodes where we don't really come to a consensus and come back to one point. But I think we give you many different perspectives on how we can think through the idea of a career, what an ideal career could look like, and what's wrong with the concept of a career itself. See you next time.